Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. So we are back with another episode of Scaredy Chat. I'm happy to be back. We took a little bit of a break, but don't worry. There's plenty more fears to discuss. Uh, I'm Monica. And I'm Caitlin. And Caitlin, I feel like there's always scary things to talk about. It's literally never ending. So I'm going to need to know what you've got for this week. Okay, so I have been watching just entirely too much television, probably just because I've been inside and I've been bored. So I've been watching like a couple of shows, but um, there's one show that I think is so good right now. It's on HBO Max, and I was very apprehensive to start it because it is about a pandemic, kind of, sort of. So um, it's called Station Eleven, and it's basically the idea is that there is a uh, a flu virus. So already we're all like, okay, like, do we need this? I don't know. But there's a flu virus that basically wipes out, like, 95, 98% of the world. Um, oh, my God. That's yeah, everyone. That's, that's like, most people. Yeah, it's it's almost everyone. Um, but the, the premise of the show is basically that they um, that they have to kind of start a new society without, like, electricity or without... Um, you know, like, just normal stuff. Like, there's no cars or whatever, but it kind of jumps back in time uh, between, like, the present day and then the past and sort of, like, how everybody got to, like, this point in history. But I'm watching the first episode. The first episode basically is, like, the breakout of the pandemic episode. And you're in a theater. The, the, The characters are in a theater, and they watch as, like, um, oh, my God, what's his name? Gael... He was in Havana, Dirty Dancing, Havana Nights. I believe he's a very famous actor, but that's where I know him from. <laughs> Gael, something. Oh bar- God, that terrible movie is with where you terrible, pull him out of. Monica. Havana Nights is trash. Gael Garcia Bernal, who is like literally, I think he might have won like an Academy Award, but that's what I'm gonna, I'm gonna know him from. But he dies on stage, like performing, and it's from this flu, which then like breaks out in Chicago and. It's, like, incredibly traumatizing, especially, like, after living through, like, the last two years. But the show is so good, I can't stop watching. So I'm like, okay, I'm watching that. So that's, like, my pandemic content, my re-traumatizing content. And then I watched the new season of Search Party. Are you a Search Party fan? 
I need to watch it. There's Monica, so many things I'm so behind on. It's so good. But I just feel like it's very relevant because Search Party this season also had, like, kind of a pandemic storyline. And it's all giving me, like, oh, no, like, let's not. But I can't stop watching it. I, like, love it so much. But basically, I'm going to spoil stuff for everybody about Search Party Season 5. But it is two things that I think are really fun. And I think I know that you think are really fun, which is cults and zombies. Oh, yeah. So that is weirdly a big part of Search Party Season 5, where basically the character played by Aaliyah Shockhead starts a cult and tries to develop this this, uh, pill basically to bring enlightenment to the world. But instead of... Enlightenment, enlightenment being brought to the world, um, there is a zombie apocalypse. So that is a huge spoiler. But guys, like, even if you're like, oh, I don't think I'm going to watch it, and now she spoiled it, I don't want to watch it for sure, like, watch it. But it just kind of made me think about how, like, I feel like we live in very scary times. And I think that there's, like, two ways to go about it. Like, you're either leaning into the thing that's scary, which is, like, the pandemic, like, the world falling apart, zombies, potentially, and you don't want to watch any of that content or you're just like, it's either like you're leaning in or you're leaning out. And I think I was leaning out and watching like Drop Dead Diva and like happy shows for a while. But now I'm just going to like lean back in. But where are you with like realistic, scary things or semi-realistic, scary things? I mean, I'm honestly surprised that both of those shows got the green light, as they say, <laughs> because... Like, we keep hearing, like, no pandemic content. Don't even try. Yeah. Don't even pitch. Don't even think about trying to put something out that has to do with COVID or or any pandemic, you know? And yeah. So I, there's two I'm, I'm That's actually really surprising to me. So I think, like, Search Party works because it was their final season. It took place in New York. It was, like, there was no way that you could kind of not acknowledge it. So they could have done the thing where it was like, oh, you know, COVID. And now we'll just do the rest of like our story the normal way, which is how so many shows are doing it. Yeah, that's how Law & Order SVU did it. And I thought it was hilarious. Wait, what did they do? They were like, thank God that pandemic is over and we can go back to solving sexual violence crimes. Pretty much. Like for like a few episodes, they were like wearing masks. Yep. Um, Yep. And then they did one, like one true, like, covid episode (laughs) like there's like a woman who you know all the bad things that can happen from covid happen to her family and she's at like the end of her rope so she like she's holding people hostage you know like it like it has so like that's the one where it's like it was really like covid and then after that they were like the pandemic's over and they like (laughs) they don't wear masks anymore they've like moved on i just thought it was so funny that they were like even trying it and at one point because you know um uh, Elliot Stabler is back and he has his oh. own show now. Christopher Wait, is Maloney. he back back or is he just having, oh, he has his own show? He's, but he, he is back, but he's not, he's in a different unit now. And like that, so there's two shows now and like you, that it's organized crime. Cool. So he, and he's in the organized crime unit now. So like, you know, like gang violence and things like that. But um, they do a lot of crossovers, you know, like, uh, Olivia Benson will pop up in organized crime or he'll pop up in SVU. And there was one point where she's like trying to explain like what, ha- like her, her life to him. And she's right. like, she's like going through like all these events. And then she's like, and then COVID. And <laughs> <laughs> Stop talking. 
like the end of like the the little speech she's giving him. Like, oh my god, this Here's is hilarious. Here's sixteen seasons that you missed, and then COVID. <laughs> and COVID. <laughs> it is true. It's like such a weird thing. Like, I don't know if they, if TV networks think that if they don't acknowledge it, we'll all be like, this isn't realistic. But sometimes I'm just like, you know what? I do want the escapism. I think that the only way to do a pandemic content, to do pandemic content right, actually, is if you're going to make it almost like a commentary on it. And that's the thing you're doing. I I find it annoying when people are like, like, there's this thing on This Is Us that they did last season, which is like, it's so funny because it'll be like three people in a scene and they come into the scene wearing masks and they take off the masks. And then... And then my favorite thing happened, I think, last season with one, it was like three people in the scene and it's like a director and two actors and the director comes in and it's like, thank you guys so much for quarantining and testing before we did this rehearsal. Anyway, we're just going to head into it. (laughs) Exactly. But it's funny. It's like there is something kind of soothing about like seeing the thing that is so scary and so like real on screen and being able to laugh at it. Um, so, like, in a way, it is kind of fun, but I don't like it when it's, like, it's so shoehorned in because we have to, and then we're never going to think about it again. Like, okay, it's, like, pick one or the other, or just ignore it. Just ignore the scary stuff. Yeah, I think if you're going to do that weird half-masked thing, just ignore it. Like, just just don't even bother. It's, like, Like, not, yeah. But I will say, like, look, speaking, going back to Search Party, and I'm sorry to spoil the zombie twist for everybody, because it is kind of a twist. But I just, I, like, that show has reinvented itself 20 times over, and it is so inspiring that it's able to continue to be, like, relevant to the times, even when the times are so insane. Like, I mean, I do think all of this content about the zombie apocalypse was trying to prepare us for a pandemic. Yeah, did a great job. (laughs) Yeah, we were all so prepared. But it's the same idea, you know? Like, this thing is spreading. What do we do? You know, that's that's every zombie movie. It's true. It's like, I never really thought of... I never really assumed anything about a pandemic until we experienced a pandemic. And I've seen so many zombie movies. So many. So many. And I've seen things where it's like, uh, you know, obviously... The short film that we made years ago was literally yeah. about a contagion being, you know, passed along, like an origin source of a contagion, and then a zombie catching it and spreading it. And yet I was still like, could never happen here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> could never we, happen to me. This this week we actually are not talking about zombies, though I feel like I just went on a huge tangent about here's two shows I recommend. They're kind of spooky. They're kind of irrelevant to society. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about this week. But we are talking um, about something that is scary for different reasons. So, yeah, we're talking about the afterlife and if there is one. And do I exist past this body and time? Who knows? <laughs> and also tsunamis. That's it's also what we're talking about. And tsunamis. There's a there's a lot there's a lot to unpack here. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, guys, looking forward to that. I don't know. I already heard the conversation. I was a part of it. I don't know why I, I said it there. that way. Yeah, I was there. <laughs> anyway, guys, hope you enjoy our conversation. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. 
because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hello, everyone. This is the reason you listen to the podcast. Caitlin and I have already been babbling for probably 20 minutes and you may have skipped it. And if you did, I don't blame you. But now we're here to the point. We are here with an amazing writer and actress today that I am so stoked to chat with everybody, Danny Fernandez. Yay. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us. Thanks so much for being here, Danny. I am so excited to talk to you about your fear. <laughs> it's very specific. I have a couple of fears. This one is very specific. Yeah. We have a few dozen. That's kind of why we're doing the podcast. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and every yeah. time, every time there's a new person on, I feel like a new fear of mine is unlocked or just uncovered. <laughs> so I was super interested in this because I feel like you you unlocked another fear of mine that I kind that- of forgot about. Yeah, that is fascinating to think like something that you don't even think of and then people come on and you're like, oh, should I be thinking of this? Yes. Like, oh, like we had somebody who her fear was um, being taken at any Mm -hmm. time. Like someone's Mm going to kidnap me. And I was like, oh, my God, should I be worried? (laughs) Like, (laughs) Uh, yeah. (laughs) But I'm also like a bit I try not to. I'm also like a big believer in like energy and like manifesting and self-fulfilling prophecies. So I don't know if I'm like, I'm going to get pulled over. I'm going to get pulled over. I'm going to, or like whatever, I'm going to get a ticket. I'm going to get a ticket. Then I think like, I probably will get a ticket that day, if that makes sense. Um, Some things you can't help, but I just, I don't want to like actively be thinking of a billion fears every time I go through the world. Cause I feel like I probably will end up making those come true. <laughs> yes. If they're in the top of your mind, I think it is more likely for things to happen too. So let's let's stick to the fears we can't help. Like your very specific fear. And also I love when people have very specific fears because that's actually when most of our listeners relate to it. Like the yeah. more off-puttingly niche it is, the more people are like, oh, I have the same fear. So please, Danny, take it away. Tell us about your fear. Okay, so my uh, fear is... I guess it started around the time when I was, I don't know, I maybe elementary school or middle school. It is about an asteroid hitting the ocean and causing a massive tsunami that will overtake me and kill me and drown me. <laughs> and I think it stems from Deep Impact. I want to say I think it stems from that movie. But there, that was like a common theme, I feel like, in the 90s and early aughts. Like that was... And and also like I still see it all the time on Twitter. Like, what would you do in this scenario? And it's like a a meteor like coming and hitting Earth, and then like half of Earth, and everyone's like, um, <laughs> like what kind of question is that? <laughs> like, what could you do? <laughs> um, but yeah, I have a very. I used to have dreams as a child about a tsunami uh, wiping out my family. Where did you so, grow up? Were you near water? Yeah. So my. Parents grew up in San Diego, and so I we 
would go there often. I grew up for a large portion of my life in Orange County, and then I moved to Texas. And so I was not, I was in Dallas, so I was not around water there. But for the period of time that I was in Southern California, I was, and I just kept thinking like, I still have this fear that I'm going to be at the beach and there'll be an earthquake when I'm at the beach and there'll be a tsunami. Oh my gosh. I, I share that fear. Cause like, you know, in the movies, when the tsunami starts, it starts with the people on the beach, you know, and the water has gone mm-hmm. really far back and everyone's like, what's going on? And you're like, no, it's a friend. It's a tsunami. <laughs> like, that's very I, obviously what's happening. I feel like it's actually just like one kid collecting seashells. And then he looks up and he looks wistfully in the distance. And then he turns around and to be like, mom, what's going on? And then it's too late. And I imagine that was what you imagined. You're like, that was me. I was a San Diego kid on the beach picking up seashells and then too late. Yeah, I don't. I, but what was wild is like, it was always happening to my family first. Like I'd always watch them get like swept away and I'd be like trying to run up. I I honestly, when I go to the beach, sometimes I like look for an exit route. <laughs> I'm like, how do I get out of here the quickest way? Where are the stairs? And I always thinking of the people that live on the beach because those are like multi-million dollar homes. I'm like, I guess you're just fine if you if this happens. I guess I, you just commit. Uh, I always think about that too. With like you have spent an exorbitant amount of money to live here and your house is on stilts over yes. water. Like Yeah. Why? Oh, yeah. I, that always freaked me out. Like, I never liked the idea of anything being on stilts. I'm like, that does not seem secure enough. I know that there's, like, an architectural reason why they have to be, like, it's something about the sway and it's good for hurricanes or whatever, at least in, like, Florida or North Carolina. But I'm like, I don't know. I would rather just be on solid dirt ground. Seems so much safer. But just watch the next time I, like, you'll see... It'll be like Danny Fernandez buys beachside, whatever. <laughs> I mean, I hope that yes, happens. I, I want that for you. I yeah. do want you to have that. <laughs> but then you have like a high rise, maybe like downtown or something, just really like far and high above ground in case you have to run away. That's all. I think, I think for me, it just means that I have committed to like, okay, I'm fine if I die this way. When If y'all find out that I bought a beach house, it's because you realize that I, I came to terms with my own mortality. So, Aww. And have come to terms with this fear in a way as well. True. True. I'm trying to decide if this is beautiful or horrifying, like reading that, <laughs> reading that piece of information. If I would be like, ooh, chills, or if I'd be like, good, good for her, you know? I don't know. I'm not <laughs> she sure. Did. The thing, so just what I'm saying is invite me to your beach house for exposure therapy, really. Oh, yes. Anyone who has one, Danny's looking for an invite. She's ready. Do you That's avoid. It. <laughs> do you avoid or have like no problem with like movies that have tsunamis in them? Because I feel like every disaster apocalypse movie mm-hmm. has a tsunami in it. it. It does terrify me. Yeah. Interesting because I'm a huge, those are not even considered horrors, right? They're typically action movies. Um, and I love horror. And so I have a lot, like a lot of the artwork behind me is from different like horror films. That doesn't scare me. (laughs) It's like ghosts and serial killers, fine. Mother nature, no, no one can stop her. There's something like, like it's so, what? We, We have no power over the ocean. We have no power. I mean, it's stronger than all of us. I think there's something to that. 
Yeah, just the like empty abyss that can take you at any time. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. funny because you were saying that Deep Impact was like very impactful. Sorry for the pun <laughs> on you growing up. But I kind of feel like at the same time like Deep Impact was around, there was like a lot of action movies that were just like straight up horrifying that were all about just nature. It was like that was a villain. It was like the volcano. Mm-hmm. Like we had what? Dante's Peak. And yeah. then I think we had... Do we have a movie called Volcano? Am I misremembering literally, that? Literally called Volcano. There volcano. was a movie. There was like yeah. a like a the volcano on the cover of the <laughs> the VHS tape. But I, I think it's really interesting. So when you were growing up, would you say that you got into horror before watching those films, or was it sort of at the same time? Yeah, I think it was at the same time, to be honest. But like. The horror ones we weren't really supposed to be watching, so it'd always be like, you know when HBO or like Showtime would have like a weekend for free where you could watch it, and so like that's when that's when we would watch a bunch of our movies that we weren't supposed to watch um, when we were like babysitting ourselves. So I think that's where I was exposed to a lot of horror. Um, remember the, the, is it The Haunting? <gasps> yes! I'm, Oh, was that with God. Owen Wilson and like? Yes. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. They used to like play that back then, and that was like one that I enjoyed. I didn't think it was bad. Recently, <laughs> found out that it was not good. Yeah. I okay. No, it's so funny that you say this. I'm sorry. I got so excited, really quick. But we have not really talked about this movie on this podcast, and that movie was like it was always on TV. I was obsessed with it. And I also thought it was a good movie, but recently found out that it has like a 28% on Rotten Tomatoes. Also that the director like left the business. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. It was like this whole article on it, but it was basically, it talked about like, I don't know. It was this whole thing of like dealing with studios and how like they can mess up everything. And so there's like a whole article on like what happened to this director. Oh no, that that's really saying something. If like this experience was that bad that they were like, I'm done with this. I think so. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. I have been through multiple earthquakes, multiple tornadoes when I was in Texas, um, a couple of monsoons. <laughs> so I have survived a couple of things. The tornadoes You've been battling are weather. You have yeah. your fear, you have been contending with it all this time. Mm-hmm. Have there ever been any tsunamis, like, in the L.A., like, on L.A.'s beaches? Probably not, right? I don't know. You would think that it would be because we get earthquakes. Right, exactly. I know. I mean, that is a thing I remember. I think it was, like, two summers ago, maybe three summers ago, when all those earthquakes, like, kind of happened in a week. It was, like, pretty intense. I was in Europe, so I did not experience any of it. Um, It was, like like, the two weeks where my mom was visiting and watching my dog, she, like... She was, like, there for all the earthquakes. But um, I think they said don't go to the beach because if you go to the beach and there is an earthquake, it could trigger a tsunami. But I don't remember there ever actually being one. So I guess that's good. Mm -hmm. Or not. Because I I, (laughs) I don't know. Caitlin knows, but a lot of my family lives in Sri Lanka and they were all there for that big one in, like, 2000. Nine, whenever that was and it like they were like yeah the trains were whipped off the tracks and like everything's crazy. gone it's like oh my god luckily s- s- crazy things happen in Sri Lanka and my family always manages to dodge them you know like yeah no Suriyagi casualties and I'm like wow good job guys again like because there's like a natural disaster there every like 10 years and they're always fine yeah but they're, they're very casual yeah they're very they're um they're good at hiding from the weather I guess but they're very casual about it too and I'm like I mean, in these movies, it's like, what 
I don't even know, like in, in The Day After Tomorrow, like you were kind of saying, it's like, what do you do? And people in that movie make so many different choices. And then, you know, seeing like, oh, the people that left, the people that decided not to leave. And like, do you have any thoughts on what you would do in one of these scenarios? Mm. Mm. I feel like I would. I don't know. I always think like I wouldn't be the person that would leave to go find help. But I feel like I would. (laughs) (laughs) I also did. This is just like info for this podcast. I did a, a past life reading and saw that my family had left like it was in a I don't know how many hundreds of years ago but they left um our little community to go and find resources and didn't come back and I had a visceral I was like crying in my during this session like this is not something they told me by the way they were like walking me through like what do you see what is this and that and so like that was one of the things that I saw and I just started ball well he was like where is your family like you know do you see them are they in the and I just started bawling and he was like oh my god what is going on and I was like they're gone they like left to go get food and they and they did not come back and so anyways (laughs) (laughs) knowing that I was like Oh, maybe I wouldn't be the person. Clearly, if this is true in another life, I literally was not the person to leave. (laughs) I was like, don't worry, y'all put yourself in harm's way and I will hang out here with Nana and... um, And the dogs. uh, Yeah. And uh, whoops. Um, But anyways. Wow. So you filled that information in yourself, like as you were being guided through? Oh my, I didn't know that's how they work. Yeah. I mean... If you're doing an actual past life regression and I've like studied, I'm working on a couple of different like projects and shows and things like that deal with that. So I had to like research them, but it was something that I ended up really resonating with. And so I went to see this really well um, recommended person that can help you do regressions. And he's just asking questions the whole time. He's not telling you or feeding you anything. And I felt it like your under you're like you're under hypnosis or whatever but you I could remember most things but um my showrunner on the show that I'm on she also has been heavily involved in that and she said that she did they recorded it when she did it and she didn't even sound like herself <laughs> like when she played it back that she like sounded she was like I don't remember saying this and I sound and I kind of did too on mine like I sounded not this has turned into a whole other chat, but <laughs> no, I love it. This is like our favorite thing. Like anytime we can get a little, like, I don't know if supernatural is the right word, but like a spiritual, yeah, spiritual vibe. Yeah. I'm We're super like, spiritual. Tell us more, please. It's fascinating. Yeah. Could you see yourself? Like, could you see what you looked like? Or I was could it see like- down. I was a guy. Um, I also ended up having, like, they walk you through, um, there's a, there's a great book called Many Lives, Many Masters by Brian Weiss. Um, that's like, I was like skeptical. And then I read that book and I was like, oh my God, or actually I listened to it. Uh, that's where I get all of my books on like audio books. Um, still counts. It's still reading. I don't like people who judge that. I'm like, that's bullshit. No, like it's still reading. It's just easier for me when I'm driving and cleaning and all this stuff like to. And so anyway, so when I listened to that, though, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm a believer now. And. Yeah, I could see myself. I remember I was very mad. It was like all these like 
emotions just like rushed into my head. And he was like, why are you mad? I'm like, because these people over here, we were on a beach. We were on a beach. I was like, they're celebrating. They're like doing a cookout. And I, um, again, this is like hundreds of years ago. And I was very upset and we could not figure out why I was upset. So he like took me back to my village. I was like going, I was like trying to figure out. And then I saw that my family was gone. And that was why I, I was mad. So. And they're gone because they were trying to find like things for the community. Yeah, they were off. And it was something that they, because he was asking me about that. And it was, he was like, were they forced to? And it was like, no, different like elders like select like if they're going to go. And so it was both my parents um, that I remember. They had decided like, oh, it's our turn. We're going to go and go out, you know, and get resources or food or whatever. And they just didn't come back. Could you so, tell where you were? Like what, like part of the country or the, it was it this country? Was it a different country? I don't know. I don't know that part. I know that we were on a beach. So, cause I know I was like literally sitting there staring out. I was super emo. I was staring out at the water. Um, I could like smell the smoke though of the, of the, of them like uh, cooking next to me, cooking meat next to me. So. Wow. This is wild. I want to do this. So yeah, I you should. You de- I will. I can, I can send <laughs> yeah. you all the info. Um, and definitely read that book because I think it's very, it's super eye-opening. And, and the reason why is because this, it was a, it's a psychiatrist. It was like a woman that had a fear of drowning. She had a, a, but it was like so debilitating to her and she did not know why. And it turned out in a past life that she had drowned. And so it actually helped her. And he didn't mean to do that, by the way. He didn't mean like, he was just putting her, he was trying to bring up childhood memories, like maybe something that happened in her childhood, but she accidentally went back too far. (laughs) So she went back before, like before her childhood to her life before that. And so she was saying all this stuff and he was able to verify a lot of it. Um, Cause that's another thing is a lot of times it'll be things that are set in that time period or culturally, you know, in that time period or where they're at. And so um, that was really fascinating to me, but he was able to help her get over that fear by realizing like that, you know, I'm at peace. That didn't happen this lifetime. I don't have to fear that, you know, or whatever. And she was able to let that go. So, wow. Do you feel like for you at all, like fear of tsunamis, things to do at the beach? Like, do you feel like that is a past life thing for you? I don't know. Maybe, maybe it is. Maybe it is. <laughs> I kind of want it to be because that would be cool. But... <laughs> I, I, I think do my this. fear of my the family thing is very because at the end he was like, why did you show this to her? He's like asking your spirit guides or your higher self or whatever. Like, why? out of all of the, especially if you have multiple past lives, like why did you show her this one? And I think it was something having to do, because I'm actually not that close with my family and I've cut a lot of ties with a lot of my family. And so I think it was that you can like persevere, like you can move on. And I ended up having my own family in that lifetime. And so I think it was a part of that. Like, it's okay, you can survive on your own and you can make a new family and have your own like it was very fascinating that aspect of it so it turned out to be very relevant to your current life yeah but it took me months to grasp that I only put it together recently (laughs) (laughs) this episode is brought to you by visit Williamsburg 
In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Isn't the point of traveling to get away from it all? To feel the best you've ever felt? Then maybe you should check out Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. When your trip comes to an end, you won't need another vacation because you just had the vacation. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Knock that fire down, 19. Copy, Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. I I find this stuff so fascinating. Like I'm I'm not a religious person or anything and I wouldn't even say I'm like a spiritual person, but of all the things I feel like past lives resonates the most with me because I'm like what if our consciousness just jumps or just, you know, it's like maybe it's just all one line and mm-hmm. it's broken up by time like broken up by lifetimes. I find that so fascinating. I'm I want to go get this done and I will report back. So Yeah. We'll see. I'll send you all the info. The funniest thing that I asked, though, I was like, do I have to come back here? And they said no. And I was like, hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) One time thing. Well, no, I meant like, do I have to come back to Earth? I was like, do I have to do this again? Like, that's what I meant. Like, do I have to come back to Earth? Because this planet is trash. (laughs) I'm like, coming more so. I'm like, can I hang out up there? Can I go somewhere else? And they, they were basically like, no, I don't have to. I don't have to. But apparently I chose like... Anyways, I could I could talk about this literally forever. Um, oh my god! Because this is like an element of some of the stuff that I'm writing on. So yeah. Do you feel like any of any other fears that you might have, even separately from tsunamis, are related mm-hmm. to maybe things that you uncovered in this uh, life reading session? Um, trying to think. No, I I, I all I can think of is that like fear of loss. I think that it's like a, it does feel, I do have a couple of wounds. I would say I have some relationship wounds that feel like they're not just from this lifetime because they're so deep. There are things that I refer to as like soul wounds when something happens in your life that is so traumatic and traumatizing and it just actually changes who you are like you don't look at the world the same anymore and you don't you're not the same anymore after this thing happened and to me that's like a mortal wound that I often think of it that way in my own life and so there are a couple of there's like one or two things that have happened with one or two exes that I felt like I knew you in a past life I I know I did this this feels too deep. It's I'm it's taking too long for me to overcome this that it feels like it's not just this betrayal in this lifetime but from another lifetime. It just feels so deep. What are the odds of two people crossing paths like across that much time? They're actually not uncommon because the way that my spirituality the way that I believe it is that you agreed to that. Like up up 
<laughs> up in the upstairs. Yeah. Um, if me and my ex, I'll use him as an example, in our past life, uh, had a a tumultuous time. We were, I see us almost like um uh Frida and Diego, Frida Kahlo and Diego, like just like very passionate, but should not be together and and toxic and like all of that. Then in the next life, you might agree like, hey, we're going to work this out and I'm going to see, I will see you again. And it might be toxic and it might be bad, but this time you moved a little bit further. So for me, what I personally believe with my ex is that this time around, like we didn't get married. We didn't have a family. Like we didn't do that. Like we ended it before that. So um, you're making like progress along the way. Um but I don't think it's un- uncommon. And I feel like a lot of people that do believe in um, past lives and reincarnation do believe that like you might have, you have some soul contracts with with some people, uh, including like your parents. So. It, but like, it's not like they're always going to come back as your parents. Yep. Yeah, you're which right. Is interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's fascinating. Yeah. But it's, it's kind of cool to think about I feel like there's something kind of healing if you think about it as you're the person that you're maybe fighting with or having like a dramatic time with you and them meet wherever in this plane and you have like a conversation that's like neutral and like beneficial where Mm -hmm. it's like that was bad. We're going to we're good with like fixing that. It's like very neutral. It's like, okay. We both agree that we're going to find a new path for us, like, in another lifetime. And I just think that's a really nice way to just, like, think about relationships where it's, like, even if you don't figure it out now, maybe you will. I think that's really cool. Yeah. And I want to say the reason why I really, like, doubled down on this is because I did have one reader that told me, like, oh, you were this person in a past life. And I kind of was like, yeah, 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 okay. This wasn't like a regression that I did. She was just telling me like it came up in the reading. And I was like, yeah, 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 I guess so. I don't really care about my past. I care about my future. <laughs> That's yeah. what I always say. Like, I just just tell me like, what movie do I get to be in? What show have right. I sold? Like, that's all I care about. I don't care about what happened to past Danny or past whatever that person is. I don't care. I'm sorry. Um, but she told me and then like months later, I'm like, well, I should look up. I should like look that up. And so I looked up, it was a singer, um, a Latin American singer. I don't want to say anything because I don't want anyone to be like, look, but like from the 1800s, looked her up and I was like, okay, okay. Oh, wow. We have like some things in common. Then I looked at her husband, looked just like my ex, just like uh. my ex from the <laughs> same place. They're from the same country. There, I was like, oh, no, I can't. Uh, I sent it to my friends and they were like, what the fuck? It just looked like, it It was like an 1800s version of him. And I was like, all right, okay. And and in that life, he cheated. He had multiple affairs. He like, and I was like, okay, okay. So this dickhead has bothered me in multiple <laughs> lifetimes. But in this lifetime, like I said, I like passed the test to some extent, right? Like I... I moved farther ahead in this, but I do believe that we probably were up there in the great upstairs and we were like, all right, so this is, we're going to redo this. And this time, you know, you're going to pick yourself. You're going to have validation in yourself. You're not going to need, you know, whatever, like all of the things that my soul needed to learn. 
that's what I believe. That's yeah. Damn. I, I, uh, I've, I've heard some people that have done this and the conclusions they've come to, I've been like, I don't think this is real. But yeah, this is the first time where I'm like, okay, I need to know. <laughs> I actually, I truly need to know because I do think there's something to it. I, I think, um, I think it also depends on the person and how they, you know, per- interpret things. Um, and I think some people have a tendency to interpret things in a way that's not super useful in the oh, grand, yeah. the grand yeah. scheme. Um, but I, it's also very interesting because I think you know the, this podcast is about fear, childhood fear. And fear is trauma, right? Fear is an inciting incident that now has sparked something, you know, worth being afraid of. And it's so cool to think about how that could have been with you for many lifetimes. Yeah. And like, yeah, like that woman's fear of drowning, it's because it did happen at some point. Mm -hmm. Danny, thank you for joining us. Thank you for taking the time to chat with us today. Um, Where can our listeners find you? I'm at Ms. Danny Fernandez. It's M-S-D-A-N-I-F-E-R-N-A-N-D-E-Z. Um, yeah, thank you for <laughs> letting me talk about my all of this spiritual woo-woo stuff. Very no, we're very into it. This is like one of the first times I'm like, okay, I I'm gonna how much does it cost? I don't care, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. just listen to the book and make your decision yourself. Like, you know, do that first and then be like, oh, I do wanna do this. Yeah. Totally. Well, amazing. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, this is Scaredy Chat. We'll catch you next time. All right, Scaredy Cats, please do at least one of these things. Share this podcast with someone else who loves to get scared and talk about their fears. And go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review. It does us a huge, huge, huge favor, if you don't mind. And hey, you should also maybe consider following us on social media. You can find us on Instagram at scaredychat underscore podcast. And you've listened to a few episodes now. If you're like, hey, I have a scary story from my childhood that they should talk about, we will. Send it to us at story at scaredychatpod.com. See you later, scaredy cats. Scaredy Chat was developed and hosted by Caitlin Riley and Monica Moore Suriyagi. Produced by Jeff Swimmer. Editing and sound design by Fitz Harris. Theme music by Eric Fashingbauer with samples by Jeff Zahn and Jack Lenz. And Gail Gilman is the executive producer. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.